All right. How many know you got a purpose? Make some noise. Woo! Do you guys have your palms on Palm Sunday to wave them for Jesus? Come on, wave your palms in the air. Wave them like you just care. And if you a Holy Ghost player, everybody say, oh yeah. yeah. Woo! Open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 1. And Holy Ghost player is not a bad thing. This Holy Ghost player means you're making moves for Jesus. Just want to clarify. So ladies, if you ever meet a Pentecostal playing pimp, you know, or pimping pastor or anything like that, as we used to say back in the day, don't, don't go for that. Don't fall for the players in church, okay? I got to think of just a, maybe of a whole other word instead of player. Um, some, think of something that rhymes with player. Uh, oh, here we go. And if you a devil slayer, okay, here we go. Throw them palms in the air. Wave them like you just care. And if you a devil slayer, everybody say, oh, yeah. Woo, that's what I'm talking about. There we go. Because if you've got to qualify what you're saying with like something after the song, it ain't good. Because I don't want any Holy Ghost players in that way. So we are doing the new service order for today just to test run it, okay? So that's why we went through uh, to uh, singing the songs right into announcements. And so the thing that you'll notice that's missing is the gospel presentation, the confession of faith, and then our hangout time. And the reason why we're doing that is so that we can streamline our service to fit two into the afternoon. And uh, that's going to be what's best for us now because once again this morning, almost 170 people. There's really no more room to go. And even though we have a great turnout here today, it's still not even close to half. And so we need to split these services in half. Otherwise, there's not going to be anywhere for the people to go for the morning. So by going to the 9 and the 11 and reducing them down to an hour and a half, it allows us to get the bang, uh, your bang for the buck, two for the price of one. Can I get an amen for that? So thank you guys for that. You know, we created the gospel presentation and the uh, the confession of faith for your benefit. So if you ever feel like the church is not, you know, the same because those things are missing, most people won't even notice, sadly. But if you notice and you're like, well, I kind of miss it, make sure you're going to all the life groups because that's where you get to fellowship more, read your Bible more, do all of those things. And then the confession is on the website. So you guys can look it up any old time you want and confess it in the morning, before breakfast, before you eat your Cheerios. You can say, I believe in God. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You can go through the whole thing. Okay, so everybody say blessed. Thank you. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. We are in the book of Ephesians this entire year. I'm so excited about Easter. I'm telling you what, bring your friends and family. You're going to hear testimonies from a lot of people that have their lives changed by the power of God. There's going to be a new song that Desi's going to sing with the band. It's going to be a powerful performance like Celine Dion, Whitney Houston style for Jesus. Then we're going to give out free portraits on our porch in the back. So if you want to come dress nice, that would be the day to do it. We're going to have professional photographers out there, and any way you look at it, just come and have fun and invite somebody, because Easter is the number one time, even more so than Christmas, that people will come to church, so grab those flyers and invite people, and in the first service, there was somebody that came as a result of a flyer, okay, it's working, and here's a cool thing, I, I, also, there was a little, like this whole section right there at second row was filled with people who found us online, and this is what they said they searched, and I don't know how they found it this way, but uh, it might have been the Holy Ghost because they searched best church in Chicago. And then they found us. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. But they found us. Some of you are like, this ain't the best church. I know the best. Well, why are you here then? This is the best church. Anyways, so they came, and then uh, Cynthia Rodon, who you know, she just got that Puerto Rican swag. They told her that testimony, and she's like, oh, yeah, this is the place. You've got the right one. Uh, so it's working. Just keep spreading the word, and let's pack out these services. The book of Ephesians is written by Paul to teach us about who we are in Christ, and I'm going to tie that into Easter's message, Raised with Christ. I just got to skip a few chapters to get there, but you'll see how it ties in. So 
make sure you come and expect a good word. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 tells us all the things that Paul is thankful for in Christ Jesus, and he starts off with being thankful for being blessed. So let's look at this passage. We read it last week, and we'll be reading it until we go through each one of them. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, Paul says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Where? In Christ. Come on, somebody say in Christ. Thank you, in Christ. So there you see, this is our sermon series. We are in Christ. We used to be in the world. We used to be of the devil. We used to be in Kanye West. We used to be in Oprah Winfrey. We used to be in Bill Gates. But now we are in Jesus. We haven't stopped dancing. We just switched partners. Are you listening? We haven't stopped working. We just switched who we working for. Are you listening today? I I haven't stopped loving. I just switched who I love. Now, I love love Jesus and hate the devil, where I used to love what the devil offered me and hated what God said. This is the blessed life. I am too blessed to be stressed. Y'all listening to me. I am in Christ Jesus. I won't let this world bring me down. Can I get an amen? Keep reading, though. It gets better. For he chose us in him. Listen to how many times just in this passage, in Christ or in him, is is related to us. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Somebody say, I'm a king's kid. Amen. You are a king's kids. That's why we have it in the back, king's kids, plural, but you are a king's kid. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Somebody say, God takes pleasure in me. God takes pleasure in me. Look at your neighbor and say, God takes pleasure in you. Tell somebody, God takes pleasure in you to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Easter season reminds us that the grace of God is free, but it cost Jesus his blood. So listen to me. You can have as much of the grace of God as you want because it is free, but you better throw them hands back up and say, thank you, Jesus, for what he did for you. Amen? Because nobody likes a stingy child where you give them all that they ask for, you take care of them, and then all they do is just turn their back on you and go off and play with their friends. Now, I want my kids to say thank you for every dinner. I want them to say thank you for every birthday present that they get. I want them to say thank you for the ride home that they don't have to catch the bus today. Come on, somebody. And if we took them on the bus, I want to be thankful that they didn't walk. And if they had to walk, I want them to be thankful that they didn't have to walk barefoot. Are you listening? And we need to be praising God for his glorious grace. Verse 7, in him, listen to that again, the sermon series, in him, in Jesus, we have have redemption through his blood. And I want to invite you out Good Friday. Good Friday is going to be a good service here with our young people because Elevate is putting on a whole performance for the teenagers 11 to 18, and it's going to be on. So it don't matter what age you are. If you want something to do, come and check it out or go to the home Bible studies that we have, but don't stay home Good Friday. And you will see at that presentation what it cost Jesus by his blood for the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Isn't that a great word? Lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Look at verse 9. He, talking about Jesus, made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in who? In Christ. Jesus is purposing this, uh, rather the Father is purposing this in Jesus for us to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to how many things? Come on, somebody say all things. Thank you. All things in heaven and on earth under Christ all come under Jesus. Every knee will bow before Jesus. Donald Trump's knee will bow before Jesus. Hillary Clinton's knee will bow before Jesus. Muhammad's already bowed his knee before uh, Jesus before he was cast into the lake of fire. Are you listening to me? Everybody will bow their knee before Jesus, but it's only those who do it now who get eternal life. Have you willingly done it, or is God going to break them kneecaps and put you down on judgment day? How many willingly kneel before Jesus? I'm telling you, I don't want to be stiff-necked and proud and have him push me and break me down. No, I don't want to get broke down. I want to be broken before him so he can heal me and make me a new creation. 
In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything. How many things does he work out? Everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Even the evil things that people have done against you, God is working towards his will. You will look back at the end of your life in the presence of God, and you will see the goodness of God even in the midst of the wickedness of people living like the devil. Trust me, nobody on that day will look back at God and say, why would you do me like that, Jesus? I felt so alone. It was so unfair. You'll look at him, and you'll say, thank you, Jesus, for everything you brought me through, because now I see there was a purpose for the pain, and it was to show me not to look to man, but to look to you for my happiness. Are you listening? Because all it takes, ladies, every lady look up at me, all it takes is your heart getting broken a few times before you stop, uh, stop trusting all those jokers and start getting with the hero and drop the zero, right? You should learn your lesson, right? God's trying to teach you, stop hanging around with them zeros. Get yourself a hero. And yes, sometimes it takes a little bit more than once or twice for us to get it, but we need to learn our lessons through the pain. Look at verse 13 and or verse 12. In, a, in order that we who are our first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. Somebody say, I was made to praise. Thank you. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth. How many believed in Jesus? How many believers do I got here today? Amen. The gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. You've got a guaranteed inheritance in Christ until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Can I get an amen for this passage? Let's give it up for Jesus as a matter of fact. Come on. Thank you, Lord. It's all about Jesus today. Paul knew how to bring it, and I'm so happy that we're studying it. Now, to put it into today's message, listen, we're talking about being blessed. It's the first one of the 14 things Paul says in this passage that he's thankful for. I want you to see how it connects, though, to chapter 2. In chapter 1, verse 3, he says, I am praising God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us in the what? Come on, in the what? Heavenly realms, thank you. With how many blessings? Every blessing in Christ Jesus. Now track with me right here. Paul is writing a letter. This is like a Facebook message. You're supposed to read it all in one sitting. You don't get a Facebook message, read a sentence, come back a week later, read a sentence. You read the whole thing. And you know now that they can check if you've already seen it. You know you got to get back to them or they're going to think they don't, you don't love them, right? Because like you, you send me a message and then it shows up I saw it and I don't respond to you like a day later or two days. Pastor, did you see my message? Pastor, come on, Pastor, Pastor, you see my message, Pastor, why did you, why did you think of my message, Okay, listen, you read the whole thing, read the whole thing. That's why I have encouraged you through all types of technology to do this. Streets, street lights, street singular, lights, plural, street lights, Bible app, puts this book over hip-hop. You can listen to it in 20 minutes. The entire book of Ephesians. You can go to the normal Bible app, listen to it old school, 20 minutes. I want to encourage you, every single week, listen or read through the entire book of Ephesians. How many of y'all going to do that? Say amen. Now, don't lie. You're going to do it now, right? I listened to the Bible about this whole book about five times last week, and I do it every single week. It is so easy. Just put it on while you're working out. Listen to it. You know why? Because you'll catch the thoughts. Then you can go back through the week and study verse by verse. That's wonderful. You want to go more in depth. That's like what we're doing now. We're going to break down just verse 3. But you got to see the whole context of the letter. It was meant to be read in one sitting. So what do we see after chapter 1? He keeps the same thought. It's one letter. He continues it into chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. And God raised us up with who? With Christ and seated us with him where? In the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. Didn't we just talk about that? See, it's the same dude writing the same letter, the same thought. He says, I want to get back to this and tell you you've been raised up with Christ in heavenly realms in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Now notice this talks about the future plan. 
the verse that we read before, chapter 1, verse 3, you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, talks about what you have now. Put it together as a Holy Ghost sandwich with all the goodies in the middle. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing now, and in the ages to come, you're going to be even more blessed as a trophy of His grace. So all of those things in between are to the praise of God because He's given you all these blessings, all of these wonderful things in Christ Jesus. Now let's look at them this way. 14 things Paul is thankful for, and they're all flowing from verse 1. Because we're blessed in the heavenly realms with Jesus, and we see that there's a good end, no matter how the story started, it ends well, these are the things we're thankful for. So today's message is on being blessed with every spiritual blessing. The week after Easter, chosen to be holy and blameless, that's verse 4, adoption to sonship, Glorious grace. These are all the messages we'll be learning in our, in our services. Redeemed and forgiven. Lavished with wisdom and understanding. How many need some wisdom? Come on. Knowing the mystery of God's will. Everybody go, ooh. You all better come for that message. Learn how to understand God's will. Unified with Christ. Verse 10. God's plan. Made to praise for the glory of God. The gospel. How many love the gospel? That's verse 13, the first part of it. Marked and sealed with the Holy Spirit. Maybe that week I'll get some uh, uh, candle wax and pour it over a letter and get a signet ring and mark it and seal it so you can get it in your mind. That's what the Holy Spirit has done for you. A guaranteed inheritance in God's possession. How many are ready to learn about being blessed? Amen. Let's talk about being blessed. The word blessed simply means God's divine favor. When we look at the Bible... From beginning to end, it was all about God's blessing. Just go back to the Garden of Eden. Why is there a garden? Because God blessed us. Why are there animals there? Because God blessed us. Why is there a universe to begin with? Why did he say, let there be light? God blessed us. And we learned that we messed up the blessings. And still to this day, God don't bless your mess. So when we sinned, he didn't say, oh, it's all right, you just stay here for a little bit. No, he kicked us out the garden. God don't play. Are you listening to me? And still to this day, what should we get from understanding the lesson of the Garden of Eden from having perfect creation to the fallen world is that God won't bless our mess. But Jesus came so that our punishment, what we deserved, would be put upon him. That's the reason for the season. That's the reason why we celebrate Good Friday. That's where Jesus took our punishment. You deserve to die the death of a sinner, not Jesus. He was perfect. But since he died in your place, now you can live with him. That's the gospel of grace. And so the blessings of God go literally from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between, and a great way to look at it is the prayer that God told, told Moses to tell the priest, to tell the people, and that is to pray like this. He said, pray for them, and he said, pray that I will bless them, that my face will always shine upon them, that they will have peace all the days of their life. And so parents, if you're looking for a great prayer to pray over your children every night, instead of, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, y'all bust out. Number 622 each night and just place your hands over your children. And if you're in a dating relationship, put some space between you two. Put the Bible right there, even the phone, and then both of y'all put your hands on it and then confess it to each other. Amen. You're going to be a blessing to each other, not a curse, because the booty ain't worth going to hell over. Can I hear an amen? It is not worth going to hell over. Amen? Don't do it. Trust me, it's not worth it. Now, the next thing that we learn about is we're blessed in the heavenly realms, in the spiritual realms. And this is where, everybody listen, where all spiritual beings reside. Are you a spiritual being? Well, then you live here too. God lives here too as well. Angels live there. Demons live there. We're all in this spiritual realm. So if I was to say, do you want to go there? I wouldn't have to leave. I could just say, I'm here right now. You are in heavenly realms right 
now. Now think about this because I know so many of you, you grow up, go to school, all you learn about is the material world, and so you may think that the spiritual world is make-believe. As a matter of fact, that's not true. The only reason why there's a material world is because there was first a spiritual world. I want you to think about that. Before there was the natural universe, what was there? God. Now, is God a material thing, an object in matter, space, and time, or is God a spirit? God is a spirit. So where did the material come from? The material world, the universe, the particles, all of those things. Did it come from other materials, or did it come from God? It came from God. Now, just think about this. Could the computer, this Apple computer, had invented itself? Can a chicken lay its own egg and create itself? No, it cannot. And so everything that's in matter, space, and time cannot create matter, space, and time. Something outside of matter, space, and time created matter, space, and time. Something other than this computer created the computer. Something other than the chicken created the chicken. That's how you can answer the question, what came first, the chicken or the egg? According to the Bible, what came first? The chicken, God made the creatures so they could reproduce. And so that's where we have to step back and go, do we really believe the Bible? Because if we believe the Bible, then we take serious, we were made to be both spiritual and material. And we were more spiritual than we were physical. And so the problem was when we sinned, we then realized we were naked, but before then we didn't. Why was that? Because we were more spiritually minded than earth minded, right? And now people always thinking about their physical body, but never their spiritual body. Hello, somebody. They spend all the time shopping, getting their nails done. And by the way, I had to get petties. Uh, my wife and I went and got petties. And you know why? Because I wear chonkless uh, sandals all the time. And my, my, my heels get so decrepit that they break and split apart. They nasty. And then and then they rub on the, um, the sheet of my bed until holes come in my bed sheet. We have had to buy two bed sheets because my ashy, tore-up heels rub them silly until they break open. So I went and got my petty. But listen, people get manis and petties and beard wax. That's the cool thing now is beard wax. I'm a dude. I've got a beard. I'm so cool. And I'm just tired of guys thinking they're cool with beard. It don't make you cool just because you have a beard. I don't have a beard, and I'm cool, and I got muscles, okay? Arm wrestle you. No, but anyways... Anyway, it's getting a little bit off track. So here's the idea. Everybody's thinking physical, but nobody's thinking spiritual. Bible wants us to go back to spiritual mindedness. Put your mind back on the spirit. Your spirit will live a lot longer than your body will live. Your spirit is really more important than your body. Because I could, I, as the Bible said, you could lose an arm and a leg and still get into heaven. But if you live for your body, you will suffer, your soul will suffer in hell. Do you all see that? Who talked to us like that? Who told us that? Jesus told us that, didn't he? He said it would be better for you to lose arms and legs and go to heaven than have it all and go to hell. So if something causes you to sin, cut it off. Don't give in to it. The next thing that we learn is that we're blessed in spiritual realms with every spiritual blessing. Now track with this. Since God is a spirit, his blessings and favor are spiritual in nature, but they always impact the natural world. So don't think God is just playing make-believe here like, hey, guys, just want to tell you you're blessed in the spiritual realm. And then there's like all types of goodies up there for you. So he's kind of like that surfer guy. No, 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 no. Listen, listen to me. God is spirit. When spirit spoke, did it stay make-believe or did stuff in the natural world come into being and start listening? So when God said, let there be light, was it just, was it cartoon light or was it the thing we call the sun and the stars and all of the galaxies? Hello? When God said, let there be land, was it just make-believe or did a real earth show up? So when we're blessed with spiritual blessings, trust me, you want those more than you want the physical world and its blessings because from the spiritual world is the source of those things. So listen to me. You can have physical money but not be spiritual blessed. You can have a physical person sleeping in the bed next to you but not have a spiritually blessed marriage. You can have offspring but not spiritually blessed children. Listen to me. You need the spiritual blessing upon your physical world. Hello? Can I get an amen? Help me preach. Come on. And so here we go. 
And you want to know what all means? What do you think all means? Dun, da, da, da. It means all. You are blessed in the heavenly realms, in spiritual realms, with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Now, do you believe it? See, that's where we got to start and ask ourselves, do we believe? We're not playing make-believe. This is where everything we know is based upon. Everything I know as a man is based upon God creating me in his image. Everything you know as a woman, based upon him, him making you as an image. Our children, our offspring, our job, our talents, why do we have it? It's because God has blessed us with it. Now, we want to go deeper into understanding how heaven and earth collide. Now watch this, guys, as I get ready to do this. So I am like thinking every time like Sunday ends, I'm ready for the next message. And you guys know they're already listed there. So I was ready to preach blessed Sunday afternoon. And so Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, I'm like thinking to myself, how do I explain that the spiritual world interacts with the physical world and it's all because of Jesus? But some people don't understand because they're all up in the physical world in sin and they don't know what God's doing by the Holy Spirit. And I was just literally thinking, man, I got to talk for three hours on this. And I was watching videos with my children. Somebody say, it's children. I was watching videos with them, and all of a sudden this video popped up, and I was like, oh, my goodness. We got to watch this in church. So this children's video is going to blow your mind. Y'all ready for it? It's going to teach us the principles of heaven and earth, natural and spiritual, and how they come together. Get together. Together. Okay, so turn off the lights, please, on this stage here, because I want you guys to get it. And this is the Bible Project, and it's on the notes if you guys ever want to check it out. So, uh, we got to turn off these lights right here, sir. Hit blackout for me. If you guys ever want to see it, it's on the notes, and uh, we'll get it going right now. Thank you, sir. Check this out right here. But my understanding of God's space gets a little fuzzy. And what we do get in the Bible are images trying to help us grasp God's space, which is basically inconceivable to us. So these are two very different types of spaces. Yes, they're, they're different in their nature, but here's what's really interesting is that in the Bible, these are not always separate spaces. So think of heaven and earth as like different dimensions that can overlap in the same exact space. So we talk a lot about going to heaven after we die, but... This idea of heaven and earth overlapping, we don't talk a lot about that. Which is kind of crazy because the union of heaven and earth is what the story of the Bible is all about. How they were once fully united and then driven apart and about how God is bringing them back together once again. So let's go back to the beginning where heaven and earth, they're completely overlapping. Yeah, this is what uh, the Bible's description of the Garden of Eden is all about. It's a place where God and humanity dwelt together perfectly, no separation, and, and humans then partner with God in building a flourishing, beautiful world and so on. But as humans, we wanted to do things a different way. We wanted God out and we wanted to create a world apart from him. Yeah, so we have these two spaces now. And the Bible actually uses lots of different kinds of words and phrases to refer to these two spaces to make a, a clear distinction. So you've said that these spaces can overlap, though. So explain how that works. Yeah, this is where we have to start talking about temples. Because in the biblical world, you experience God's presence by going to a temple. That's where heaven and earth uh, overlap. Now, there are two types of temples described in the Bible. One is a tabernacle, basically a tent that was built by Moses. And the other was this massive building made by Solomon. And these temples were decorated with fruit trees and flowers and images of angels and all kinds of gold and jewels and so on. And these are designed to make you feel like you're going back to the garden. And at the center of the temple was a place called the Holy of Holies, which was like the hot spot of God's presence. Now we can go and be with God again. But not so fast, because the temple also creates a problem. So God's space is full of his presence and goodness and justice and beauty, but human space is full of sin and injustice and the ugliness that results. So how do these spaces overlap if they're so different and they're in conflict with each other? This was resolved through animal sacrifice. Yeah, that's kind of weird. What do animal sacrifices have to do with this? Yeah, 
the, the idea is this. Animal sacrifices, somehow they absorb the sin when the animal dies in your place. And it creates a clean space, so to speak, where you are now free to enter into the temple and be in God's presence. Okay, so if I'm an Israelite and I live in Jerusalem, I might be able to be in God's presence. But you said the story of the Bible is all of heaven and earth reuniting. Right. So we have to keep going in the story where we come to Jesus in the New Testament. And in the Gospel of John, we hear this claim that God became human in Jesus and made his dwelling among us. Now, this word dwelling is really curious. Literally, it means he set up a tabernacle among us. And so what John is claiming right here is that Jesus is a temple. He is now the place where heaven and earth overlap. What's interesting about Jesus is that he isn't staying in this safe, clean space. He's running around, hanging out with sinners. He's healing people of their sicknesses and forgiving people of their sins. He's basically creating little pockets of heaven where people can be in God's presence, but he's doing it out there in the middle of the world of sin and death. And he keeps telling everyone that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he even told his followers to pray regularly that God's kingdom come and that his will be done here on earth, just as it is in heaven. But a lot of people are threatened by Jesus, and they kill him, which seems to spoil this whole plan to reunite heaven and earth. But we, we have to go back to a scene earlier on in Jesus' story where John the Baptist saw Jesus and said, Behold, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus isn't just talked about as being a temple. He's also talked about as being the temple sacrifice. Yeah, so, so the cross is now the place where Jesus absorbs sin to create a clean space that is not limited like animal sacrifices. Jesus' sacrifice has the power to keep spreading and spreading and reuniting more and more of heaven and earth. And this is all really great, but it leaves one big question in my mind, which is what happens when I die? Don't I just fly over to God's space to be with Jesus. Yeah, so a few times in the New Testament, we learn that Christians will be with Jesus in heaven after they die, but that is not the focus of the Bible's story. The focus is on how heaven and earth are being reunited through Jesus and will be completely brought together one day when he returns. So in the book of Revelation, we get this beautiful image of the Garden of Eden, now in the form of a city, coming to end the age of sin and death by redeeming all of human history in a renewed creation. And God's space and human space completely overlap once again. Man, let's give it up for these brothers right here. They did a great job. You know, when you look at that video, what's most important is the idea of the overlap, is what we're doing right now in this age that we're in. We are in a physical age that is still fallen, but yet we're reborn spirits. That's why Jesus said no one can enter the kingdom of God. No one can enter this space unless they are born again. And so those of us who have been born again, we are now in this space. We have passed from the world. We're not yet in heaven, but we have heaven on earth. We have Jesus in our hearts. And that's why you cannot go into the eternal kingdom unless you first pass through the kingdom of God here now. If you're not in the kingdom now, you can't be in it when you die or when he comes back. Are you guys tracking with me? And that's why all sinners have to be born again and made saints. This is exactly what Jesus is saying. That video blessed me in so many ways. Even though it was on the level of a child, didn't it increase your understanding? I know it even did for me to help explain it here today. Look at what Jesus said in Luke 17, 20 through 21. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. Listen to what Jesus said. The kingdom of God is not something that you're just going to observe, nor will people say here it is or there it is. Because the kingdom of God is in your midst, or another translation, within you. This is where it starts. That's why when Jesus was walking around, he's saying, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. If the kingdom of God literally meant heaven coming to earth and the final judgment, it wasn't at hand. 
That's 2,000 years off in the distance. We haven't experienced it yet. So why was Jesus saying, it's at hand. The kingdom is here. It's in your midst. You don't have to wait for somebody to point it out to you. It's here right now because he's talking about the kingdom within, being born again now. Well, that's where you are when you're a Christian. You are in spiritual places with God in heavenly realms. I don't know if you guys get it, so let's go there. You guys want to go there? Let's take the glory ship on a trip. Let's go. Chicago, you ready for takeoff? We're ready for takeoff. Where do you guys want to go? Well, we want to go to the heavenly realms. Okay, get ready. Three, two, one. Here we are. Here we are. We've been here the whole time. The moment you accepted Jesus into your life, you were transferred from this realm to that realm. That's how the Bible is written. If you don't understand that, you won't understand the Bible. You will literally think Paul is telling you make-believe. You will think that you have uh, to wait to get to heaven. That is not true. You have heaven on earth now in part, and it's coming in full. Can I get an amen for that? The next thing that we see is that there has to be a worldview. There needs to be something that correlates with how we see the world to how it actually is. Now, worldviews is, is like how you put on your glasses and see everything around you. There's only basically a few different worldviews to how you can look at the world, the universe. Uh, the first one that we, you can look at is atheism, where all they see is the universe. So whatever I touch, taste, see, smell, hear, that's all that exists. And then you ask them, where did it come from? And then they say, well, a long time ago, there was a big bang, and then it all came from there. And then you say, okay, uh, what banged? Uh, who banged it? <laughs> right? Because from nothing, nothing comes. You can't say that nothing banged nothing and that produced something. It's illogical. It doesn't even make sense, but it's because they don't want to think through the implications of their worldview. What they're basically saying is, nah, 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 I can't hear you. God's not real. They don't want a moral accountability to their life. They want to be their own God. Sounds a lot like the devil's lie from the Garden of Eden. You don't need God. You can do this on your own. The other worldview is deism. And that's kind of what spiritual people think like. God's out there. We're separated over here. And every now and then we might think about him or whatever, but there's not a lot of interaction. You know, if there's a God, I'll find out when I die. The next one is dualism. It's getting closer to the truth. And it's the idea that God is there. So there's a God in the picture and there's the universe. But the idea is he's just every now and then doing something. And this is kind of like the God of Islam. Every now and then he'll send a prophet. Every now and then. But everything else is you just trying to figure it out through his religion. Now, the one that gets closer but then turns, takes a bad turn is pantheism, which is the God belief of Hinduism and Buddhism, which is now everything in the universe is God. And God is the universe. So you pray to a tree. You pray to the stars. You know, these are people doing uh, meditation. And so they miss it there, but they're right close to the truth, which is panentheism. And what that basically means is all in God. Pan is the Greek word for all. N, E-N is our word for N too, means N, theism, God. Now, I'll read you a scripture from Paul. Here he is again. And you tell me which worldview sounds like he's describing here. Oh, and by the way, what it means in panentheism is that the universe came from God and is incorporated into God's energy. And it's not him. It's not that the energy is God. It's like the rays of the sun coming from the sun. But it is supporting and sustaining, and it's in him. He is watching over it. He is controlling it, and all things have its being through him, and he is constantly interacting with it, okay? Let's see what Paul said and see if it sounds like one of these worldviews. Here it is in Romans. For in, for from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Come on, think about it. Which worldview do you think that one supports? Now let's listen to another one right here. Listen to it, Acts. Paul speaking again. For in him we live and move and have our being. Did I give it away now? Which one do you think we are? What worldview should we have? Come on, say it out. 
That's right. Panentheism. And what that means is that all is in God and God is in all. But that doesn't mean that everyone is a Christian. That does not mean that everyone is God in his essence. What it means is what the Bible exactly says there, is that everything is in God. There is no floating particle that God does not have control over and sustenation over, meaning he sustains it. Here are some real smart people that have understood this throughout the ages. And by the way, I got a, um, a video here on God and physics. There's about nine of them, and they're really, really deep, but we're not going to get into it today. I think it would put some of you to sleep. But let me show you with some real smart people. Spinoza said back in the day, whatever is, is in God. And without God, nothing can be or can be conceived. So could the devil exist without God? No, he can't even exist without God. Can hell exist without God? Is there anywhere you can go without God and his sustenation? Even hell is sustained by God, though he doesn't have to be there localized. Remember, we're talking about the difference between his presence and his energies, the sun and the rays of the sun. But the bottom line is everything that exists is from God. Here's Jonathan Edwards, the famous theologian of the early uh, Americas in the 1800s. He said, God is the sum of all being, and there is no being without his being. All things are in him and he in all. Listen to Paul and let's see if it sounds like Paul. For in him we live and move and have our being. Look at it again. For from him and through him and for him are how many things? All things. You know that's the Greek word pan. And then in him is in, literally, and then God, it is directly, panentheism. Now, it may sound a little bit weird to you, but this is the theology of the Bible, and I'm going to tie it into your life here in just a moment. But God must, this is Martin Luther speaking as well, another famous theologian, God must be present in every single creature in its innermost and outermost being on all sides, through and through, below and above, before and behind, so that nothing can be more truly present and within all creatures than God himself with his power. Now note he's present with his power, his energies. That's what sustains the world. So everybody look up at me, please. Are you blessed in the heavenly realms right now with every spiritual blessing? Yes, you are. Are you just a material object or are you also a spiritual being? A spiritual being. And where do the blessings come from, the material world or the spiritual world? See, now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. You're able now to tap into what Paul said. And here are the two ways that we receive these blessings. How many want to receive them? Okay, because here's the deal. Here's the deal. Just because you have them in Christ doesn't mean you'll be rewarded with them in the natural world. All of us are equally in Christ, and everything according to his will that he wants to bless us with is already given. But it's up to you to be obedient and have faith so they manifest in your life. That's what the Bible says. Look at it, uh, rather, uh, Hebrews Chapter 11, verses 1 and onward, now faith is the confidence of which we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. So I don't see the spiritual world, do I? But I need to have what? Faith. Look at verse 2. This is what the ancients were commended for. What were all these people back in the day commended for? They were commended for their faith. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. Look at this last part here. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Wasn't there a preacher just about a half hour ago preaching that to you? Isn't that what the Bible says? What is seen doesn't come from what's seen, it comes from what is unseen. In other words, the material world doesn't come from the material world. It comes from God, the spirit, the spiritual world. And now you may say, Pastor, I don't know if I can believe that, but this is what true faith is. True faith is believing the Christian worldview, understanding what God says, even though you don't see it. It makes logical sense. It is reasonable but I can't prove it to you. I can't take something of spirit and put it under a microscope. Why? Because the microscope is meant to look at physical objects. We don't, our eyes are meant to see physical objects. Remember, 
Physical objects came from a spiritual source. We don't prove spiritual sources with physical objects. Do you understand that? That's why God is speaking to our heart. He's speaking to who you are on the inside. He's speaking to your spirit. And so without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And that's why we have to be obedient and seek him. Look at what James says. Do not just listen to the word in verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 22, and so deceive yourselves. Don't just hear that there's a God. Don't just hear that you're blessed with spiritual blessings. Don't just hear about the born-again nature. Interact with it now. Be born again and be obedient. Do what it says. Do what God taught you in the word. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what they look like. Have you forgot what you look like? Don't. You don't, do you? Well, don't forget what the Bible says. Now look at what this last part says. Look at it. Not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Who are blessed in what they do? Those who put the word into action. Those who work the word, the word works for them. And he went on to say, James, here in chapter 2, verse 26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Now, I want to show you this illustration here in closing. Rachel, uh, would you come, please? Because I am deeply concerned for many of you here today. I really am. I am deeply concerned that many of you have the wrong idea of God and his blessings. And I hear it in this church even. And the idea is, is that basically you're doing what everybody else in the world does. They work hard, you work hard. You go to school, they go to school. And so only difference between you and an Oprah Winfrey or a Bill Gates or your boss who hates God but makes a lot of money, the only difference is, is every now and then God just kind of puts a little pixie dust on you and makes you feel good because that's what blessings are. Blessings are just little pixie dust. And, and so what then you'll do is you'll get paid on Friday for the work you did Monday through Friday. You'll say, oh, God bless me. I feel so good. But your coworker got the same check, right? If they did the same work, are they blessed in spiritual realms? No. And see, the problem is, is because you don't understand the nature of the blessings. And this is my concern is that you really think like a deist or a dualist you think that God is somehow far away from you and that every now and then he launches little commands to you and then just if you do them, you'll, you'll find some buried treasure in this world. And that's when you're really blessed. So it's not really the 40 weeks, though you're thankful that God gave you the ability to work. It's like uh, if you got a raise or something, then, oh, God, you just, you just blessed me out of nowhere. Or if your kids one day came home with straight A's or something, oh, we're so blessed. And, and you become more superstitious than you do spiritual. And, and it's because, once again, you're not thinking with a biblical worldview. You're thinking you've got to work to get your blessings. And that's exactly the way Oprah Winfrey thinks. That's exactly the way Donald Trump thinks. That's exactly the way every person in this world thinks. There is nothing spiritual about that. That is just man doing, now in a sense God gave them that ability, but there's nothing dependent upon Jesus, what differentiates them from a Christian. Worldly people can dig a ditch, plant some uh, uh, seeds, and watch it grow. I mean, Christians do it, worldly people do it, because you don't understand what blessings are. The idea isn't that God is somewhere far away from you. You're working here by yourself, and every now and then he'll tell you a little nuggy nug or bless you with a little pixie dust. That's not the picture that the Bible draws out. The picture that the Bible draws out is this. The bride of Christ, the church, surrounded by the glory of God. Through and through with the blessings of the Lord in his presence. Using the illustration of gold, it's not like I am digging and digging and digging for my blessing. I am surrounded and breathing it in. I am covered in the blessings of God. I am in heavenly realms. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
See, the person who sees their life this way, uh, the opposite of this, they want a lot of stuff. They want a promotion. They want this. They want that. And they're always in the place of want. But the person who sees themselves as God sees them, the person who looks at their life and goes, I am exactly who God said I am. I am where God said I am, doesn't lack anything. And it ain't make-believe, folks. This ain't make-believe. This is the truth. And so how we go through life is we go with God and the resources of God everywhere. And we rely upon him to do things that only he can do. So you look at your marriage and you try to fix it with Dr. Phil and you do the same things the world does. You don't understand. That's why you don't have the blessing manifesting is because you don't know. God already said what I joined together, no one can tear apart. You go to your job looking for a paycheck to be blessed instead of understanding they're blessed to have you there. You should be the source of what God does through that company. I actually believe the Bible, and I believe it affects the real world. So that means I believe Joseph was the baddest dude of Egypt, and the Pharaoh wanted his advice. So that means you work at Apple, they should get you on the phone and say, what's our moves? See, I actually believe Daniel was the most wisest man out of all the governors of Babylon. I believe it. I believe that there is a supernatural blessing that impacts natural world when we get a hold of who we are. And my greatest concern for many of you is that you're thinking you're going to do this on your own. And God's just going to make it rain a little little pixie dust after you're done with all your hard work. So it's 90% you and 10% God. And you're just going to dig and dig and work towards your blessing and go to church more, read your Bible more. Instead of stopping in the moment saying, God, you have already met all my needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Right now I am in heavenly places with you, blessed with every spiritual blessing according to your will. So I pray now for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then, that's why Brian can show up and do construction and see himself this way. Because he's not just doing construction as everybody else does construction. He is literally an ambassador of Christ's glory, ready to change the world and be a resource for the blessings he's got within him. He is enabled by the power of God to change lives, change communities, starting with his job, his wife, his family. That's why we are lights in this world. That's why we are the salt of the earth. I am deeply concerned that many of you will get to heaven and God will show you the treasures you left up there that were supposed to come down here because you never believed who he said you were and what he said you can do doesn't mean everything goes our way. It doesn't, ever, doesn't mean that everybody likes us. They crucified Jesus. doesn't mean that every business idea works. They threw Joseph in a pit the first time he told his dreams. And then they lied on him and threw him into prison when he was helping out Potiphar. And then while he was in prison, they lied about him some more and kept him there longer. You will go through trials and tests, but you will go through it with the glory of God around you. You lack nothing. The Bible says he has given you everything you need for life and godliness. I just double-dog dare somebody to see who they are in Christ today and do what he called them to do. Amen? Let's stand up and give it up for Jesus. Come on. Amen. Come on, somebody say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Come on, say it again. I am blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Come on, somebody say heaven. 
is coming to me to go through me to the world around me. Come on, somebody say, I'm touching heaven and I'm changing earth. Say, I'm reaching up to reach out. Now, in your own words, tell God what you're thankful for today. In your own words, come on, you can, you can say it like nobody else can. It doesn't matter how you say it, but say it in your own words. Only you can tell God what you really believe today. Altar workers, would you come, please? Only you can tell God. Only you can tell him if you're serious about it today. If you're not born again, if you have not crossed over, ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and confess him as the Lord of your life. Right now, say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I want to be born again. I want heaven on earth. I want you to live on the inside of me. I believe in you. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. You died, were buried, rose again for me. Pray to Jesus, and you will be transferred from one dominion to another. You will be in the heavenly realms with us right now, awaiting, awaiting the world to come in Jesus, the new world, the new earth. Those of us who are already born again, right now, do you believe? If there's any doubt in your heart, say, Lord, help me with my unbelief. Help me with my unbelief. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You've heard the Word today. Start meditating on it this week. Start reading that prayer of Paul, verses 3 through 14 of chapter 1, over and over. Memorize it and say, Lord, I, I don't want to doubt this. I want this to be as real to me as the job I go to, as the food I eat. I want to know this and experience it. Watch what God will do in your life. For those of you who say, I believe it, I believe it, I'm taking God at his word right now. I ask you right now then, saints, to join with me. Raise up your hands and say, Lord, I believe and receive all that you have for me. And now begin to pray for the areas of your life. The areas of your life that you know God has a plan for. You know God wants to bless your marriage, your children, your education, young people. You know that God wants to bless you with purity. You know that God has given you so many of these promises. Take them at his word and pray them through right now. Have faith and be obedient. Pray it through. If you've been struggling with sin, confess it and then say, I am who God says I am. If you've been struggling with finances, say, God, I will give and I will be obedient and work hard, but I trust that you'll do what no one can do. You will bless me. You will give me ideas. You will give me favor. Jesus, 30 more seconds before we leave out of this place today. Do you believe that you are blessed? in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Joby, would you put up the words, please? I've never been closer to heaven than I am right now. This is a revelation for those who can get it. You are closer to Jesus right now than you have ever been when you put your faith in him and understand the heavenly realms. You are blessed with him. You are seated with him. Every good and perfect gift is coming from him to you. In him you live. In him you move and have your being. For all things are from him and through him and to him. Jesus. Jesus. We believe. Just a few more times. We're worshiping as we're praying. We're worshiping as we're praying. Let God give you imaginations. Let God give you imaginations of what he has in the future for you. Come on. Come on, Jesus. Use us to bring forth heaven on earth. Use us, God, to bring your kingdom to this earth as it is in heaven. Would you look up at me, please, before we dismiss? If you need prayer for anything, please see our prayer workers. They'll help connect you 
They'll help connect you to the spiritual realm. Isn't that cool that there's a church that's about connecting? But here's the thing. I want you now to go connect with others as you go from here to the park. That's where I'm going after this. Hey, I'm going to enjoy today outside. I was at the park yesterday connecting with someone, sharing the love of God. Will you do that this week? Do it at your job. They may persecute you. They may not like you, but connect with them. You are to them the revelation of heaven or the manifestation or the realization, whatever words you like. Or let's put it this way. You're the closest to heaven they'll ever be. Come on. You are the closest to heaven your coworker will ever be until they repent and have themselves a seat in heavenly places. But I want to ask you today to let God's blessings go to you and through you to the world around you. Amen? Father, bless us today as we go with all of these wonderful truths in our hearts. May they come forth from us and be reality in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Let's give it up for Jesus on Palm Sunday. Put them palms together. Slap somebody else's palm and say, God bless you. You are blessed. You are dismissed as well. Have a great week. We'll see you at...